from Alaska, Grim After Dark, starring John and Danny. Guys, welcome to Grim After Dark, where we bring you the latest unreal news and unqualified analysis from the grim darkness of the far future. Um, I am your host, John, and we'll be guiding you through the tumultuous events of the 41st millennium and beyond. So grab your dice, assemble your miniatures, and get ready for some epic battles. It's going to get pretty grim after dark. Uh, joining me on the show today is my good friend and fellow Warhammer uh, fanatic, I guess, uh, Danny McDavid. Does that make me a night goblin? Because like I'd really like to clarify that I don't feel like a fanatic, and I definitely haven't taken mushrooms before we started uh, this. Our friend Nathan would be the fanatic with his one massive ball. Oh, um, there you go, perfect. Usually, uh, usually uh, we are joined uh, by our uh, fearless uh, triple co-host uh, Val, uh, but Val is busy today. I do believe we have a picture of what he's up to right now. A black screen. It's all void. <laughs> black screen. <laughs> he is. He is Hell lost. Yeah. <laughs> he's lost in the void as we mm -hmm. buy uh, Super Producer Dickie some time uh, <laughs> to, to figure this out here. <laughs> it's amazing, Danny. <laughs> how are start. you doing? Oh, John, I'm doing great. Uh, I'm excited to be here tonight, as always, um, and I'm excited to talk about some Warhammer stuff. There's been some. I crazy stuff that happened yeah. this week huh I, I will say we do have some of the crazy stuff the, the episode title i don't know if you saw it or not before you came in here danny um i called this episode no. running a terrain on you running into what running a terrain on you oh there's val oh perfect perfect wow. yeah yeah so val super busy uh he's uh taking care of jvp tonight and also uh hosting adam camillary in his last night uh so that is a very accurate picture as dickie quickly resizes away from oh. his internet tabs uh, it's, it's it's cute actually i don't know i i kind of like i kind of like little adam little, little adam yeah his hula hooping skills uh quite amazing uh but yeah i, I believe uh, vows away the kids will play so we'll talk about probably it's true played and some hobby stuff as well uh, he's always bragging about how well those hips move so um he, he hits, they, they don't they don't lie them. danny uh they no. do not lie they do not lie. um we can, though. We do have Super Producer Dickie uh, in chat here. Dickie, if you want to jump in and help out tonight. Okay. Yeah. Uh, oh. Yeah, hey, uh, guys, can you hear me? I can. Oh, man. great. Ooh, it's hot in I'm here. I'm glad you reduced yeah. the amount of fire in our production office uh, as we show why we yeah. start on time. Yeah, uh, I gotta say, uh, I wasn't expecting to have to take over tonight. Uh, it's really warm in here again, and uh, alarms keep happening. I don't... Oh, shit. Uh, there's... Oh, God. Uh, you know what, guys? Uh, let me deal with this, and uh, I'll get right back to you, I'm sure. Okay, okay, bye-bye. Okay, okay, awesome. Everything 
By the way, this is a really great week in production. There's only two alarms in a fire. Um, Brother, there's two sets. <laughs> that makes it a great week. <laughs> Multiple sets. Guys in chat, uh, did you guys actually get funding? Uh, no. no. See, the crazy thing that happens here is, um, Danny, you can attest to this. Danny, I have some phenomenal ideas. Mm-hmm. Um, well, my, my issue is you guys never follow through with them. Um, yeah, the, the new true. intro you saw, I threw that together this week. Uh, I say I threw it together because really I should have uh, been doing um, uh, my my class final. But I was like, you know what? Let me learn how to use After Effects instead, and I'll just do that. Oh, okay. Uh, then, that makes sense. That makes sense. That, that's, that's how to do it. And then uh, Dickie had this great idea to show our production uh, studio, and then he came back with that amazing set. And you're probably never going to see any more improvements to the show because uh, th- that's it. That's it. That's all you get. We're done. That's all you get. Um, we peaked. We peaked. That's it. But yeah, budget, funding, no. Uh, Patreon, now that's something we might do. <laughs> yeah, actually, uh, that set is entirely uh, due to uh, Tanya, uh, the War Mistress, donating us $5 at the Super Chat last week. Thank you. $5 Canadian. John will do yeah. anything. Yeah. So just keep sure. that guys, in mind. You can watch the show live every Monday at uh, 10 p.m. Central, uh, Eastern-ish, uh, uh, right about there. And uh, contractually, uh, Super Chats, we will read, uh, regardless of what it says, uh, and when it's on or what we're talking about. Um, I'll read it. Yeah. <laughs> Dickie, if you're here, who's taking care of the fire? It was so goddamn hot back there. I can't, I can't do that shit anymore. I, okay, I'm well, sorry. I do need a slide up, so oh. I'm going to need you to... Uh, oh, crap. Get back uh, under get that back desk. Oh, God. <laughs> get back there. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, and, and something else we're going to try to do is we're going to try and sectionalize the show a little bit and add some structure to this craziness. Sexualize? Um, we're we're going to sexualize, yeah, uh, okay. the, the show a little bit, more than it already has. I'll try uh, So, Daddy, better. we're going to start uh, with a little thing where I want to talk about uh, what was released on Saturday, and we're going to look over some of the new releases coming for Warhammer 40,000. Starting with this next slide here, uh, which I call out World Eaters, probably all already sold out. Uh, Danny, all of this range came out. You can tell I borrowed the pictures from Warhammer Community because mm-hmm. it says pre-order mm-hmm. now. Uh, mm-hmm. What's feelings on the World Eater range that, that came out and is available now uh, from thegaming.org um, or your local game store? Uh, John, it's what the people wanted. And uh, everybody wanted uh, a, a an army with like 20 unit entries and 16 stratagems we've been begging for it for years um Mm -hmm. yeah this is what we got this is my favorite thing about the 20 unit entries is the four that i'll actually use (laughs) (laughs) only four come on you got six in your army i bet lord avocado yeah eight bound yeah spawn yeah halberts exalted eight round Probably oh. Berserkers. Five there. Uh, Seth and Mad Dog coming in saying Signals is obviously the best show in the network, and Seth and Kicker are just the best. Um, yeah, that's why we're stealing your bit tonight, Seth, and we're reporting what's coming out. <laughs> that's right. Uh, we were specifically asked to promote more because other shows don't do as good a job at it there. Right. Um, so. Also coming out here, um, next slide I have up is Boarding Action Boxes and Ruleless Books. Uh, as we can pull up here, Danny, uh, Ark of Omens now book two. Uh, Angron is the first one that really doesn't have much of any rules that most people are going to find. 
What's oh. your thought about these Arca Omen books coming out being essentially uh, very expensive fluff books? Uh, aren't they? Don't they have uh, boarding action rules, like supplemental rules for the boarding action uh, rules that came yeah, out probably. in the Arca Omen book? Have you played a lot of boarding action? No, but I've got a game scheduled next week. No. Well, we, we don't talk about games played here. Uh, that's like the one editorial. Yeah. Uh, oh, so, I'll read this. Yeah, yeah. Tau go ahead. Our legitimate faction and their players should be respected. Also, world eaters are obviously less powerful than the greater good. That's fair and true. Yeah. Um, I will say, uh, I did go to a, a friendly tournament on, on Saturday and yeah. I brought along. Brought along Mangron uh, for people to see uh, on oh. release day, do all that other kind of thing. Uh, our friend Taylor's face uh, when he saw my tray uh, coming in being held uh, with Angron's wings poking out of it, he was like, "You son of a bitch!" And I'm like, "Nope, no, no, no. He's not on my list." But that's okay. He's just here for Get display purposes. Just for Moral display purposes support. here, and I will say, I did say I repainted the base. I have not repainted the base. Uh, mainly because I refuse to give in to cyberbullying, and neither should you. Uh, so that base is going to stay that way uh, permanently forever. Honestly, if people said the things to me that they said to you, that base would have been painted that day. Yeah, for I'm sure. Ex- but I'm extremely susceptible to peer pressure. Uh, but uh, I will say, like I said, I refuse to give in to cyberbullying, which is why I'm still here live every Monday night at 10 p.m. ish on the Frontline Gaming Network. Um, but yeah, that's about it for releases. Uh, <laughs> Seth, I know you're watching. That's how you do it. Super quick. Obviously. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> Thanks, Mirko Fences, yeah, super chat. Yeah. Obviously. Uh, perfect. And then we're going to go. Let's move on. Uh, we have an update, Danny, uh, on oh. the most requested item on the show. Uh, we're going to see here in slide three, the winning dings dice. Guys, get excited. I have done the necessary work to do absolutely zero to move this forward this week. Um, we're still planning on doing it, but I believe I need to email someone um, or ask questions um, or do something. Uh, they'll probably come. Uh, mm-hmm. I have not done any work on it. Danny, have, have you done any work on this front? On the wing dings dice? Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> Was I supposed to? No, no, that was that was on me. Oh, thank uh, Christ! <laughs> well, the dangerous thing here is you've left uh, uh, myself and Val probably in charge of trying to figure out how to get it to happen, which are the two people you probably don't want to leave the, the end stage part of it here. True. Um, That's been it, my guys. It's going to happen. Experience. It's going to happen, and uh, just if I keep on leaving the slide in the weekly slideshow, uh, then I'll be shamed into eventually doing it. Maybe. Who knows? Um, hey, Danny, there's this little show uh, on Comedy yeah. Central. Uh, it's fairly popular, I believe. South Park. Have, have you heard Never of this heard show? Of it. Never What's heard it of about? it? Uh, it's a very poorly animated show. It looks like it's a piece of paper. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, uh, we have a. Danny, you want to read the super chat here? We're just going to kill out and keep derailing the show. Peter Colosimo, whoever that is, says, paid $5 Canadian. So thanks for the three bucks. Yeah. I ordered 1,000 Wingdings dice at Caesar's Buffet the minute you guys brought it up. You did not physically order those because you didn't confirm the symbols because I know you don't watch this regularly. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, 
But this little show, South Park, uh, they had a Warhammer reference here that, that was sent to us, uh, where Token, or sorry, Tolkien, uh, one of the characters here, uh, had a, a Warhammer 40,000 Raven Guard poster here. Oh. Um, Danny, this is another appearance of Warhammer in popular culture. Uh, are you starting to notice kind of new players in the tournament scene or kind of people, the community expanding as Warhammer gets more and more mainstreamly popular? John, no, I haven't. But no, good. <laughs> keep I keep the new people out. Yeah, look, I'm excited that we're that we're here. Um, that it's there is some stuff showing up in mainstream culture. I think that's pretty cool. Um, and uh, for one, I couldn't be more excited to see something on one of my favorite shows like South Park. The bit, like literally two minutes ago, less than that, was that you had no idea what South Park was. <laughs> I'm going to need to some consistency with your character moving <laughs> Look, forward man. Here. <laughs> I'm sorry. You're just not going to get it. That's um, fair. Yeah. Uh, how, how? Yeah. Who knows? Okay. Uh, Dickie, feel free to just I'm chime in. Yeah, whenever, no, I'm, dude, I'm, in, I'm in. I'm in. Uh, yeah, I'm here. Perfect. Um, how, how do longtime players feel about kind of the increased visibility of Warhammer? Because uh, we know there's some assholes out there. Uh, and also... <laughs> There's just some terrible people. Uh, so how are these people feeling about this increased visibility? Oh, good news, we got a super chat. <laughs> just a bunch oh. of awkward silence. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> uh, super chat from Kelsey. Thank you, Kelsey. Uh, use code FALCON on all websites. For an extra 10% off. Wow. Any website, all websites. Yeah. For an extra, For an extra 10%, 10%. added. Added. Yeah. Oh, we gotta we gotta get with uh, Frontline to see if we can have a code that literally just adds money uh, to the, your total. Uh, that, that would be peak. But yeah. How do you think people are, are handling this increased visibility? So while it's positive, there's a lot of bad parts for community who might not. You know, uh, and uh, I assume this is fielded towards me. Uh, yeah. I am. Uh, or Dicky. Yeah. Sure. I'm looking at right now. Um, uh, Dickie, you can have the next one, man. All right, how about this? So, it might expose some of the like <laughs> uh, less good parts of our community um, <laughs> to the spotlight, and who knows? Maybe they'll burn away in the sunlight, like uh, like most uh, basement dwellers do. But you never know, and we might just uh, it might just kind of become that 40k is known for its uh, ample supply of chuds. But we'll see if that ends up being the case. Um, I'm just mm -hmm. excited more. More spotlights means more interest means potentially more players. So I'm excited about that part. So, so Dickie, we're yeah. going to throw this in here because Danny threw the next one over to you preemptively. Yeah, thanks, thanks, Danny. Uh, on you his, are welcome. On, on his part is a very good move. Um, are we seeing a growth in Warhammer's popularity due to increased visibility? Or are we seeing increased visibility due to the growth in its popularity? So the whole uh, chicken before the egg kind of wow. deal, huh? Wow. Deep yeah. That's a very deep question. Uh, I think it's it's probably because of people are talking about it on mainstream media, I would imagine. Sorry to get the straight yeah. answer, but yeah, that's, that's got to be the reason, right? You know, the kids are excited about it. Kids love it. The kids. Thankfully. Thank God. They keep playing Space <laughs> Marines as uh, uh, the South Park character does, so they can continue to be terrible. Uh, so GW can blame that on the reason why Space Marine Winlet rates are, are lower. Um, guys, here's a, a less serious question for you. Uh, is the 
What is the worst possible show that Warhammer could be featured on? <laughs> Can I? I got. I got one. I, got I mean, one. go. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Go. Lo- Love Island. <laughs> Love I Island. Mean, <laughs> yeah. Come on, man. There's better ones than that. I mean, you could go straight up Fuckboy Island. Like that show is just an absolute <laughs> There was um, <laughs> chat coming in hall with to catch a predator. Yeah, <laughs> oh, I like that one. Oh, there that was. I good. saw a clip online. There's a documentary about people living with the pain of having massive penises, and oh, how like yeah. there's a documentary about that. They're interviewing this guy who is obviously wearing, um, uh, like, jogging pants because mm-hmm. he can, you know, jeans just can't contain his rage. Yeah, um, girth. He was painting an Abaddon model uh, during that thing. And I was oh, like, oh, huh. no, not like this. Huh, Dude. Okay. It's a real BDE in that new Chaos Damn, book. Uh, literally. Wow, we're getting yeah, some really you know, great. You know, and I don't. Well, were they gray? Great. I said great. Oh. <laughs> I thought you were talking about his sweatpants. Well, probably. Now, look, <laughs> I don't want to promote this this dongoloid propaganda that this guy like espouses because, like, like really, we we all know we all know where we stand. Not on that documentary. Yeah, no. not well. That guy stands on something a lot of us probably don't. <laughs> um. So, uh, chat coming as well by saying Master Chef yep. would be a bad one. <laughs> Jersey Shore. River Monsters. Uh, River Monsters. Teen Mom. Jersey Shore. Uh, this is all great for people what who watch that. What about that, that intervention show? You know that intervention <laughs> show? <laughs> that, <laughs> that would be good, though, I think. Oh, like, it should show I up on I buy too show. much Warhammer kind of thing? Oh, Ooh. no. You just have the Hoarders people show up at the Art of Whorehouse and be like, describe your living room to me. <laughs> What is this green wall for? Has there ever been a model in your bathroom for an extended period of time? If so, you probably have a problem. Uh, we're going to move on, and we're not going to talk about that anymore. Uh, this next uh, picture here I have titled, uh, David Harbour panders to nerds, wants to play a high lord, probably. Um, <laughs> this was shared on Instagram uh, by David Harbour's wife. Um, Danny... Is David Harbour playing Warhammer enough to forgive him for his part in the Hellboy reboot? Oh. Well, okay. So, I don't think that movie was that bad. I saw it in the theater. Um, look, he's no Ron Perlman, but it was it was fine. Like, it was fine. Uh, that being that's, said... That's your all-star defense review about the Hellboy movie is I went to the theater. It wasn't as good as the other one, but it was fine. It was fine. Yeah, I mean, it was fun. I liked I liked that movie. You know that, but that's the that's the metric I base I base my movie reviews on. Um, yeah, more or less, uh, not like skillful acting or a deep script, which they never are. Um, but yeah, more about fun. Yeah. Anyway, um, what were we talking about again? You uh, know what? You know, Hold on. Well, what do you? What, so what? I just like as, as in the spirit of shilling. Oh boy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to promote uh, this new piece of uh, Grim After Dark uh, technology. Ooh, this is a branded oh. breathalyzer. Um, what? You can you can order this. Just uh, email uh, john.quinnell at gmail.com, and he will uh, he will that absolutely send close. you one. Please do not do that again. Wow. <laughs> That's not your real email, is it? That's very close. <laughs> I, do, I, do, I do have a question, and I think this uh, for more shilling. 
Uh, yeah. Would you buy a T-shirt with Nerd Alert on the front of it? No, no, no. I, I have been talking to the kids about how social media oh, the kids. works. The kids, okay. And if you want to, if you want to pull this up here, yeah, um, that is not actually a T-shirt with Nerd Alert. That is an added text. I know, afterwards. I know. But I saw the shirt and I was like, I'd probably wear a T-shirt with Nerd Alert on it. There was a dude at LVO. Did you have it in like the had a... new Roman font? It is. Yeah, just is that what it is? I believe it's not so, Cambria. Or it might be Cambria, but I'm sorry, Danny, Jesus. I interrupted you. Um, <laughs> I saw a guy at LVO this year with a shirt that was like a Letterman's jacket, uh, like sweatshirt, like a or a like a school shirt, and it said video mm-hmm. games on it. That's it. No symbols, no nothing, <laughs> just video games, and it made me laugh like out loud. Uh, <laughs> was it PD so... Peach, PD Punch Beef? <laughs> I mean, look. It can't hold up to PD Punch Beef. Um, I really <laughs> want to know that story. <laughs> Truly, well, Ken, if you um, are that no PD Punch Beef, please ask him why he's called that. That's yeah. quite fun. Um, real quick, uh, cast David Harbor in a 40k thing. Who's he playing? Ooh. Who's he playing? Logan Grimnar. Hmm. Okay. Okay. I don't know. Like what? What is he known yeah. for? Being that weird cop guy in in yeah. Stranger Things? And yeah. Hellboy. And I'm going gonna, gonna to typecast him. Yeah, yeah. Magnus. Demon Magnus. Oh, that could be good. Because he's been red before. And he can be red again. <laughs> <laughs> I guess you're right. Yeah, that makes sense. Oh, yeah. man. It's a bad joke, but I like it. Yeah. It's a... If you guys can leave five star reviews for this show <laughs> with that exact tall copy of it's a bad joke, but but I like it. Yeah. That would be amazing. Um, hey, this was a meme that was sent to us. Uh, I called this picture "The Indie in the Cupboard" is probably not a cool title anymore, guys. Um, <laughs> but Danny, could you describe what we're looking at here? Well, uh, so this is a meme uh, we have here. Uh, the first image is a picture of the. Uh, movie Indian in the Cupboard, uh, which is made of a book um, that I read the entire series of when I was a kid. Um, it's about a fictitious, uh, uh, fictitious young man, and this is a this is a fantasy. Just so we're clear, this is, did not actually happen. This isn't a documentary. What? It's change not, yeah, I know. Shocking. Wait a second. I'm going um, back. So this is from the 1995 film Indian in the Cupboard. Um, <laughs> Did you quickly Google that while you were buying for time with words? Absolutely, yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm impressed. Um, there's a light shining in on what appears to be uh, no longer a toy, uh, uh, Native American. Um, on the top, on the top panel, the the bottom panel is a picture of uh, Jordan Peele, <laughs> wetting profusely from a sketch from Kim Peele, I believe. Yeah. Um, seen with the title 40K Collectors over the top of his head. Implying the 40K the, yeah, collectors. the implication, of course, mm-hmm. uh, here, of course. which if you haven't gotten, um, is that uh, 40K players would not like their models to come to life. Huh. Um, okay, guys. So your Warhammer models come to life in a, in a Native American Undead. in the cupboard scenario. Uh-huh. Um, what are they saying to you? <laughs> Look, that's, so broad. that's a very broad statement. Uh, yeah. What do they say to me? Yeah, what do they say to you when you open up that, that 
ikea so glass cabinet. I, I think we need uh, danny and i need some backstory so were they like alive but couldn't talk or emote at all when they were in plastic i haven't form? watched the movie i don't know i don't i don't stand for have this. you read the book it's like a no. children's classic john yeah i'm an adult man P- peter says it was based on a real story too so that's true that's true that's be true okay so well then looking at this uh, using the the thing they they have they've always they, their memory has been retained yeah they have seen all uh-huh. uh they have seen everything that goes on since their final completion uh, of building not painting um what do they say to you okay so they had they had cognitive ability during the whole time they were yeah like, okay god they've seen my dick a lot <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, so if you were to see your dick a lot what would they say dude we <laughs> we're sorry like, you... no 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 it's more like a man I, no they would say yeah that, that's exactly what they say we're sorry we're sorry sorry dude sorry that sucks that, you got dealt a really poor hand <laughs> what's so what would be the worst possible model to come to life if you're like god why this one probably a warlord titan Really? Because you were like, I mean, I that'll kill you. It'll just kill you. You're just a flesh creature. <laughs> I think It'll that blast uh, that one thousand coat of art coat uh, thing, if that came to life, that would be pretty Oof. horrifying. Oh, the coming at? Yeah, yeah, that would be pretty you know, bad there too. If demons came to life in this, would they then exist? Like, in not just in like a you know wow. a corporate reality sense, but also like spiritually so do, do we take I, that into consideration i believe it would be like a buzz Lightyear situation where they would mm-hmm. believe that they did but really okay. they're just a toy is that from the new buzz Lightyear movie or is that from toy story i mean probably toy i haven't story. seen the buzz Lightyear movie that's why i'm asking surprising it's surprisingly good don't worry we'll have our episode where we review Lightyear, year um, oh, a buzz Lightyear great. story we'll and get, chris we'll have great we'll have role get, in that uh, on for that one yeah, for sure. Yep. Uh, he's an expert in all things Chris Evans, so he's yeah. the person I want to talk to about that. <laughs> um, but more seriously, uh, how far Is away, he... guys, do you think? Yeah. He told me he was. Obviously. Uh, and that's, the, that's what matters. But how far away are we from augmented reality Warhammer, uh, where no models, uh, just weird animated things like the chessboard thing in <laughs> Star Wars? John, it's literally years away. Years. I couldn't be more excited. Wow. <laughs> years Perfect. That one, that that section went about answer. as well as, as I would want it to go. Really proud of I that. Thought it would go. Um, <coughs> this next picture, Danny, also needs some explanation. It's called "The Most Disturbing Thing oh. Is the Lack of a Tail." Oh Jesus! Uh, this was uh, found by Val, and then he Come abandoned on. us in our hour of need. Oh no! But what are we looking at here? Well. This is a com. Is this a scaly? Is that what you would call this? Like you know, a furry but with scales. Oh, yeah. I guess you kind of would. Kinda. Yeah. I don't know. It's like a combination of a lizard person and a pinup model. It's Do terrible. You think the because it's a it's a scale bikini that this lizard is wearing. Is that part of its skin, or is that something it's wearing by choice? John, do you wear other animal skin? Because I do. I, mean, I do. I do. Yeah, yeah. 
think so, so you think she's skinned her last friend and turned it into a two-piece well, maybe john is that the kind of animal skin you're wearing <laughs> it very much is the most okay. disturbing thing about this is that they got the tan lines inside the butt right oh they spent a lot of time on that oh yeah oh that area has numerous coats of paint <laughs> Oh, gosh. <laughs> oh, Paint. Yeah. Um, I will say uh, my next question, and maybe uh, Dickie, you can answer as Val, but Val, uh, why? Why did you send this? <laughs> uh, well, he's really depressed that his 3D printer doesn't work, so he's probably just like searching random STLs to get himself hyped <laughs> back up to, to print that horrible model. <laughs> I really just wanted you to say he's really depressed and then just like leave it. At that. <laughs> okay. Uh, retake. Um, we'll, we'll redo. Okay. Oh, he's uh, really okay. depressed guys. Hey, we'll get that. At, we'll get that. We'll edit that for the, for the recording. <laughs> sure. will. yeah. Um, and like I said, it's now canonical to me that um, all skin tails are just butt plugs. Um, oh, oh man. What would uh, Danny, you play fantasy. Uh, which is a word I hate to use uh, with this picture. <laughs> Did you throw up in your mouth? Um, you, you couldn't even get it out there. You know, fan, the but, <laughs> what is this a proxy for uh, in Warhammer Fantasy? What would you use this Nothing. model for if you had to? Trash. You have to. <laughs> I then have you, to use you it. You have to use it as part of a Lizardman army. Uh, oh, I got it. I got oh, it. Boy. I painted up as a statue. Oh. And use it as a that's, unit filler. That's cheating. That's cheating. Hey, look, <laughs> lizards. Lizards aren't immune. To, lizards aren't immune to being horny, man. It's fair. So that's cold blooded. Yeah, <laughs> oh boy. Um, hey, you you played this game before. You know what the rules are. That's right. That's right. I do. Uh, <laughs> moving on. Moving on. Let's get that away. Um, yeah. Wash it one, out. A new army in this economy. This is a long one. I'm going to read to you guys. Uh, it was it was sent to us here. Um, probably going to get a lot of flack for this because GW is a business, blah, blah, blah. But I study politics, economics, and counterterrorism, oh, and I oh. don't understand the price increase. Oh. My main issue is that this is not the same GW as the GW in 2012 where they were just not surviving. GW has record, record profits, the highest customer count in their history. Warhammer products and IP are being sold now that more mm. than ever. It's yeah. never been as popular. You can see this is in the year-on-year record profits. So personally, I don't understand why the price rise in a cost-of-living price, and this is just my speculation, but also a wartime environment economy as well. I love GW products. I've got a 15,000-point Black Templar army and a Forge World Warbringer Titan. Mm. I have spent a lot pre-cost-of-living crisis, but since the cost-of-living crisis, I don't even buy paint from gw uh this post will get laughed at because those types of people would be the types to tell me <laughs> to stop playing or go somewhere else or the gw isn't a charity totally understandable like value is in the eye of the beholder but for a lot of us vets i am 24 oh he's a vet this is from seth i am 24 now been in this hobby since i was seven the prices are just too crazy I'm open to all discussions so long as they are respectful. Um, edit. I just want to say my main point is under a normal year, I do understand, but since the UK is currently in a wartime economy, 
and we have a cost of living crisis. This is why I'm confused. Mix that in with the record year and your profits. Uh, Danny, I was going to ask Val this, but yeah. is the UK in a wartime economy, seeing that they are not at war? Yep. Well, no, dude, of course they're on war. Who are they at war with? What? Themselves. Come on, man. <laughs> like, look. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen all the political posts. I've, I, I know what's going on. I, well, no, I don't. I have no idea what's going on over there. I don't have time to pay attention to that stuff. But really, I guess what, what this boils down to is my advice for this for this young man is to uh, stop playing and go somewhere else, please. <laughs> <laughs> um, Dickie, yeah. uh, these price increases, because we're seeing kind of, like I said, uh, GW announced last week, 6.5% price increase pretty much across the board. And combined with last year shows that prices over the last few years have gone up about 16 to 17%. Uh, were you surprised by the announcement of price increases? Uh, yeah. Uh, and in order to battle it, I just bought all the Warhammer I'm going to need for the next year and a half uh, last week. Yeah. That's what I did. That's fair. Yeah, Danny, six and a half percent. I think we both saw price increases coming. It's almost an annual thing now. It's a joke, but you know, at the same time, how do you feel about that six and a half percent number? Do you think that's too high, too low? Baby bear, uh, just right? Yeah, I, I feel pretty mixed on it. We haven't had a plastic increase in a in a minute, although there's been stealth increases. Kind of as stuff comes out, mm -hmm. um, uh, like some of the prices are a little ridiculous, um, but. Overall, it's an expensive hobby. Yeah. I'm glad. I'm glad the twenty percent thing turned out to not be real. Someone did uh, send us that that all prices in the U.S. were going up by twenty percent, and we got with, very angry for a short with, amount with of time. With a spreadsheet, it made me really upset. Yeah. Like I was like, "All right, well, I'm going out and buying stuff yeah. today." I, I will say that pre the increase, I bought a whole bunch of uh, boxes of Abound, and I was slightly unhappy with the result of those purchases because I needed, I think, eight boxes. And, I was and now like, you need one more because of your dog. Yeah, now yeah. I need one more because of my damn dog. <laughs> but uh, yeah, they they seemed a bit expensive. So, um, but I did it because it's my army. Blah blah blah. And that mm -hmm. is, is that the, is that the answer? I think GW knows we're gonna say if they're my army, I'll do it. Blah blah blah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, do you think with the way pricing is going, Danny, that we're going to see people faction focus a lot more? Because right now, there's a lot of people, sort of me included, where like, like I should maybe just focus on one faction, but I kind of split it across eight to twelve. Mm -hmm. um, are we going to see players just kind of maybe narrow down their focus to to maybe two to three? At a five percent increase, no, no, I, I don't. I don't think that's. I don't think that's like a meaningful difference. It might be. It might be the straw that breaks the camel's back for some people. And mm -hmm. so maybe they'll be more faction focused, but I think the people that are faction focused will continue to be so. I don't know that it's going to create uh, or it's going to stop people from meta hopping or anything like that. Um, mm. Just, I don't know. I just don't see that. Yeah, totally fair. Um, <laughs> do you think price increases would stop if people promised to stop responding to every fucking post by saying 3D printer go burr? Because I would legitimately. Uh, be like, okay, we won't increase prices if you just shut up. I understand you own a 3D printer. That's great. <laughs> um, please stop talking about it. Not because they're a threat to my business, but because it's really annoying and you also create things like that skink. Yeah. Would that be a, a skink yep. or a skank? A skank. Yeah. yeah. No, Perfect. I don't want to do that. Come on. It can yeah, just be a skink. 
It's hot and lustrous. That's fair. Uh, KR Quintero saying it's 12 factions painted. I'm impressed. No, oh, whoa, not whoa, painted. whoa, 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 whoa. At least, at least one of those factions is still shrink wrapped, uh, I will say. <laughs> Um, and I am the proud owner of probably about 9,000 points of Necrons now. Not a single one painted. Uh, just you might have one. more than me, John. I think so. Um, but I want to... There's, there's, there's some major gaps in my collection I need to fill. But uh, sadly, they're all direct now. There's major gaps in your collection. But how many Im- Impulsors do you own? So, moving on. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, John, how many Impulsors do you own? How many Impulsors? No, why um, so, I own... Seven impulsors. Okay. Yeah. Um, it seems like a perfectly normal number. Yeah. You know, it was a meme two years ago when I bought them all. Um, now it's a surprisingly viable Space Marine Army list. Oh, who's going to take um, this? Who's so... going to take this super chat from Kelsey? I'll do it. If you want, do you want to okay. do it, John? I got you it. You can do it. <clears throat> I have studied counterterrorism, law, lizard women jujitsu, and I have very reasonable opinions. I am definitely not a 15 year old. <laughs> Danny, you're currently getting your your like lawyer doctorate. Um, do they offer a minor <laughs> in counterterrorism? It yeah, actually it does. That's that's part of the curriculum. It depends on how you want to specialize your law degree, but you can definitely get counterterrorism law uh, added to your degree for only like a nominal five dollar fee. Oh, that's, that's fair. Yeah. While one five dollar super chat will make Danny uh, actually study counterterrorism, because <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's obviously just five dollars. It's just me um, playing the original Rainbow Six for like three hours. That's that's my studying. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. I do want to say, uh, and this will be the last uh, direct specific plan shilling. Um, if you guys are concerned about the increasing cost of living, in this next slide here, if you go to tinyurl.com forward slash 40k grim and buy your supplies from Frontline Gaming, especially their secondhand store, there's some amazing deals in there. I want to highlight this one that I bought this week because I do check it every other day or so for, for new things. Uh, I got a brand new, fully built Necron Monolith uh, for $50. Wow. Um, which is significantly cheaper than the $170 it is new. Or like the 145-ish it is uh, with the 15% off for Frontline. Uh, the secondhand store is a great place to both get rid of your models that you're not using uh, and buy the ones that you want to use. So yeah, tinyurl.com forward slash 40k grim. What a deal. Love it. That's a good deal. What a deal. Yeah. Very excited. I bought three uh, of them at full retail. You did. Gross. You did. I'm idiot. just going <laughs> to slowly wait for the intern uh, to put up the wrong price for models and go that way. <laughs> which is uh, what actually happened there. And yeah, Chad, that is a really good price. Uh, I honestly was expecting an email to be like, yeah, so we put that up by mistake. Uh, we're not going to sell to you for that much, but that's okay. They will, well, they shipped it now, so we can do this next session. Uh, Danny, I called this slide, and it's named after the episode, Running a okay. Terrain on You, um, which I had that as a semi-serious discussion because I know Reese was on Signals last week to kind of talk about some of the feedback of the terrain from the event, mm-hmm. which was generally very well received. Uh, but the perceived <laughs> feedback from the community was, I was going to say the feedback of the community was best described by this slide that I found here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Danny, can you explain this slide? Yeah, sure. Yeah, okay, so... This is a gentleman, obviously engrossed in. Uh, some, I don't know what game that is, but uh, he's playing. It's Overwatch. It looks like some yeah. kind of first-person shooter. Yeah. 
Um, uh, it says defeat on his screen. He's obviously just died. In front of, in between him uh, and the screen is a cat, uh, orange and yellow cat, or orange and white cat, um, that has, says skill is you, uh, Isu, which is uh, a misspelling of issue. Yeah. Um, in that this is a cat that is, that, that the skill issue is between this man and his death in the game. He's also wearing headphones. Also spelling, yeah, but both those things. So, um, terrain, obviously a massive part of it here. Um, I did do some responses on Reddit, which is obviously a mistake to do. Um, <clears throat> yeah, with people move, who weren't happy uh, with sort of the LVO terrain set. And they're like, yeah, we should just get together. We just Some other person should do it. So I kind of did some math because uh, I can do that now a little bit. Oh, And I worked out that uh, if you were to spend three hours making one table's worth of terrain, and that table was worth the terrain. I was using original uh, London Grand Tournament terrain. So $20 mm-hmm. a table. Uh, to recreate <laughs> uh, the Las Vegas Opens terrain alone uh, in that time frame, it would take uh, 60, uh, 60 days of continual terrain building. And it would cost about wow. $10,000 uh, at $20 oh. a table. Uh, so uh, probably not a viable thing to just straight out replace uh but then let's let's talk terrain uh, and especially let's talk about pot or the player optimized terrain yeah sure yeah let's talk about pot yeah so with pot uh what what sort of happened is is terrain for these massive tournaments is obviously a huge investment of time resources money people totally get that and then uh, a couple of years ago we had a, a addition change uh, which called for a lot more terrain a lot quickly which invalidated a, a lot of things and we saw player optimized terrain coming in as the the solution uh to these changes uh talk mm-hmm. about player optimized terrain kind of what it is and, and what it brought to the table if you pardon the pun uh in a way of kind of fixing some of the issues we were seeing early edition sure well you know i think player optimized terrain gives you kind of a new view on like what's important um and like on, on a game table of course um and then also like it can really change your perception of what good terrain really means Mm -hmm. um uh and so player player optimized terrain is where you get a set number of pieces and you can set them up on your side of the table before the game begins um it makes the it makes it so that this is kind of another uh game mini game that you have to play before the game so you're playing terrain, you're playing secondaries, <laughs> you're playing uh, uh, you're playing army composition. So all of those all three of those things are mini games that you're playing before the actual game starts and then the gameplay begins and that's where you know those different things can maybe give you an advantage whilst playing the game. Um, what are we seeing sort of a lot of because a lot of um, the, the com- comments are coming, people losing the game before the game even starts because of their, interpretation and ability with that player optimized terrain it honestly takes a bit of practice i think to really maximize that and especially if you don't have the terrain sets close to you that can be potentially an issue or at least have the ability to like see what the terrain looks like also if you're not familiar with said terrain i can see where like if a piece is damaged or missing pieces and it doesn't like really work the way it's supposed to and you don't read the rules packet at all like i can see how that potentially is an issue as well um, with like line of sight and things like that. Um, 
So, yeah, I mean, I think that there's a lot of moving pieces here that really kind of make up for terrain that isn't like necessarily maximized for ninth edition, Mm -hmm. Um, which is has its pros and its cons. Obviously, I think it's I think that there's been a move to at least update the terrain um, as -hmm. time goes on, especially for LVO. Um, You can see that they have a lot more of the fully color printed tables. Um, one of the nice things about those is that games is that uh, Frontline can actually produce those tables um, mm-hmm. themselves, literally print them um, and uh, cut them out and just assemble them at the store, uh, you know, there. So, burr. Yeah, and they don't have to replace all their tables, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think that that's necessarily like the go-to thing here, but I think the new terrain is much better formulated for ninth edition, so it's really in a perfect timeline because they're definitely not getting a new edition this year or anything like that and uh they can really kind of maximize that for the next yeah, year absolutely not between the last week of june uh where tw was told <laughs> not staff that we know not allowed to take a week off yeah definitely nothing lined up with the 40th anniversary of uh gw uh, definitely mm-hmm. nothing lined up with the space marine 2 release nope wow. um wow. absolutely no rumors out there that 10th edition will be coming in june um, but how do you as a business sort of plan for that? Because we're looking at getting an, another thing sort of as before where we're hearing rumors of like just big changes to the game again, where terrain's going to play a much bigger piece. Yeah. And that'll be really interesting to see. I, I do think, and as mentioned in the chat here, Joel Atkins says uh, there should be a separate group for top ICC players. Now I don't necessarily really disagree with this. I think this is probably a really really good move um on a on a lot of different levels to have like a qualifier so to speak instead of trying to lump everybody together in like a million person event Mm -hmm. i think it's worth it to have kind of like you know a top 24 or a top 32 like kind of like masters event that really should be pushed as kind of like the premier event of 40k let Um, me throw something at you here that i think is something that should happen, which obviously is going to mean it's a terrible idea. I think the top 24 or so players who were at LVO um, shouldn't have to play day one. Oh, you're wrong. (laughs) Why? Why why are they even in the tournament then? Because they're still going to play. Like, right? It's it's what to play? They're still going to play. They still have those events, but you think that those, those higher rankings should buy them something or should get them like if they're really yeah. treating this like as a season capper they should um, they should get entry to this masters event i think yeah. that's what the goal should be yeah i mm-hmm. think i think exactly. the lvo in itself can be a big event right yeah like oh for sure and uh and if you don't make that you know really limited cutoff i mean i would do 32 just because it kind of me- makes rounds easier yeah. um but uh I think that it's really valuable to have to have like kind of that be the capper rather than you know, some random orc player knocking you out <laughs> on stream um, uh, and you're not getting, not even making the shadow round. I mean, that's got to be really yeah. crushing and disappointing. Yeah. I think so, if, if it's to work, you really have to make, give the community an ability to actually make it to that level as well. Yeah. Um, and mm-hmm. make it achievable. So that's something to work for. You don't want to, it's, it's always going to be the same 32 guys. That's no fun. So let's like have some ranking system in place uh, to do yeah. that. I think I think that's a yeah. good idea. Yeah, the ranking is a really good idea. It is, yeah. And then you, again, like you said, now you don't have something where 
you're like you're working really hard all year and you you're top of the itc and then some guy comes along with pink necrons and just <laughs> takes everything away takes your knees uh, out yeah it's true yeah takes your knees out here now and rishio santa is saying sounds like just just describing the gw open finals i would say with mm-hmm. the gw open finals that's like a still 200 300 player event yeah they're just I don't think that's it, it is the pod system I thought it was 70 well, players. How many, how many qualifiers are there for the GW events that they announced? Well, for 40K or for all yeah. the events? For, for 40K. There's, there's I think there's about, about 70. 70? Yeah. Because I just read the qualifiers. That's my bad. As you can tell, super. this is why we don't talk 40K, guys. So, uh, like, yeah, so there's about 70 tickets, right? And then, mm-hmm. like, those people will make it. Now, you got to count on people, A, not being able to make the tournament. That's That's very much a possibility for 40K players. Um, I also think that there's probably going to be some double ups where people win more than one event and they have more multiple golden tickets. I don't know how that's going to work. I guess does that like go down to the next person in line? Yeah, they had. Uh, I was at Studs this uh, Stud and Scrub this weekend, and they handed mm-hmm. out two golden tickets at okay. that event. So yeah, yeah, and some were, of the big ones do get multiples. Yeah, were they legitimately golden tickets? No, no, they weren't. They were just like oh, you get. So we'll you, you, we put your name in the thing, and you get your your shot. That's what they are. Okay. What are we even doing here then? If yeah. they're not actually giving, if it's out not made of real gold, I definitely don't want it. <laughs> With a chocolate bar, there just... should be three golden tickets hidden in random boxes of models. Wow! <laughs> and then, so like, like if that. you have, like, what's a terrible unit, Danny? Oh like, man, um, like pyrovores. <laughs> oh. Like, hey, there's a no, golden. No, are good, dude. No, for real, they're really good. Oh damn! Okay, what's a so like. Hey, there's this uh, old box of tactical marines. Yeah, sure. Uh, there's a golden ticket hidden in a box of tactical marines. Here, if you buy this box of centurions, we'll straight up give you a golden ticket. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like it's on the box. Golden ticket inside. Like, and it may may get sold. It may not. Who knows? That's another expensive unit to buy. Um, yeah. But yeah. So for terrain, frontline obviously produces like a lot of really great sets. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. You're talking the newer one, like the Chaos ones are great, the new Sisters of Battle one. These are both created with sort of player feedback. Um, do we think, though, it's possibly time that they should retire some of their tables? Like, I get that you put money yeah. and you put time and effort into producing it. But some of the things like uh, the Robot City uh, table that Ennis uh, yeah. Wilson had such a fun time with. It <laughs> needs it needs a lot to make that playable. Um, like maybe twice the amount of terrain. In all honesty, I know that we people want like these boxes and stuff like that, and that's totally fine. But there's not really any usable terrain on that table. It's just bad. Yeah. So mm-hmm. um, that table is not great. I also think the industrial table needs like so in Alaska when we use the industrial table, we use two sets on one table, and that's mm-hmm. fine. That's enough terrain. Um, I don't think you can get by with one set of industrial terrain plus some little walls. I think yeah. that that's just not enough terrain on the table. No, for sure. And, and we're not so saying, definitely. Like I said, yeah, we're not saying retire the range. Like, still sell it. I, I if yeah. people want to buy it, but maybe for the competitive series. Uh, I think. Yeah. I think. I think that's reasonable. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Just keep that robot city in the mid tables where everyone has a great attitude already, <laughs> and a faulty terrain set will not make them any sadder <laughs> than they already are. Yeah. Uh, moving on. That was a nice little discussion. Thank you. Uh, Danny, this next one's called Tacoma. I barely knew her. Uh, Danny and I will both be attending the GW Open in Tacoma, having secured our tickets. 
uh, last week for the event. I'm uh, very excited about it. So much so that I actually read the rules packet, and Danny, what? I found this very interesting tidbit uh, about their dress code. Costumes must be, <laughs> not be comprised in whole or in part of any real or realistic equipment of any military unit in existence after 1900. This especially applies to camouflage clothing, helmets, etc. cetera. Uh, Danny, why would a rule like this be in place? <laughs> I have a lot of opinions on this, John. Uh, yeah. First Are of you all... saying them in Spanish or? <laughs> oh. um, I would... Uh... <laughs> Uh, are the mosquitoes coming back? <laughs> anyway, so uh, I think that this is because uh, cosplayers are scum. Oh, and uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. If that's no, your thing, no, I don't want to I don't want to yuck your yum. But it's cosplaying is a gateway clothing choice to furries. And that yeah, is I, not OK. I 100 percent agree. Um, it shows a lack of moral for a lack of moral fortitude. Um, mm -hmm. But really, it's because uh, this is probably in a place that has some pretty significant laws against guns. Um, uh, and you could, if that is portrayed as a firearm, uh, you could potentially get taken out. This is America. Yeah, that is fair. I do want to share, though, our next piece of shilling is this uh, Grim. I was going to say Marvel's proof, but even better. Grim After Dark approved. Uh, Brassy's Book of Camouflage. Uh, so what you're going to do, instead of playing the game, get your opponent disqualified uh, by checking that the camouflage pattern that he's wearing uh, was actually in use by an Perfect. armed force after 1900. Uh, so just buy that book uh, and then just get your opponent disqualified. You never have to play. Um, a be plus sure to rules lawyer. I love it. Gift your opponent a hat at the start of every round. And when the judge comes up, he'll be like, that hat is a camouflage pattern from the Falkland Islands in the <laughs> 1990s. <laughs> Perfect. Got him. Got him. Yeah. Uh, guys, what are some real ways, though, to get a competitive advantage at these events? Because I'm coming in, as I said, solid mid-table player. So what are some things you can do at uh, these larger events to get a competitive advantage? Oh, sure. Uh, I find the most useful way for me to gain a competitive advantage is to introduce myself. Um, <laughs> Do people know who you are? <laughs> I'm, the confusion. I'm so kidding. I'm so kidding. Like, but uh, but usually, I, I would say if you if you're trying to game the system like that, I would encourage you not to. Um, mm -hmm. I think you should try and win the game by its own merits. Um, and by playing the game and just being an excellent sportsman and an excellent representative of the hobby. Um, I saw a lot of this kind of stuff like at LVO, um, like the little mind games and stuff like that. And uh, it definitely was uh, a little interesting. The chirping going on at the table a little bit uh, between th between some of the players was uh, was pretty fascinating. So check out the streams for those if you really want to hear some of the stuff that the players say to each other. The, the um, but it's, it's, yeah. pre it's pretty funny to hear them like ask questions and not really give answers and that kind of stuff like is uh, is pretty amusing to me yeah. but <clears throat> uh doing things if you want to psych out your friends when you play them i wholly encourage that um before a lot of games especially during lunch if i know that one of my friends is one i just tell them how much i'm gonna whoop them when we play like i'm gonna be you like do, you're do gonna that. lose real hard in this next round i you hope you're ready because we're definitely gonna pair up and i'm gonna win and i will say so, every time we're paired up round two you do do that even though you don't have to. 
and it works every single time because even when i think i have a chance I'm like oh no she's just gonna do this and yeah it's man <laughs> i just like you love scallion coming in on twitch saying competitive advantage real talk yeah. um adequate sleep before the event yeah. comfortable shoes with gel inserts because yeah. the number of mistakes that come from fatigue is large yeah, yeah. you know sense. one of my buddies uh uh michael tempe uh, he throws out uh, one of those mats, like the foam mats that cooks stand on, or like mm-hmm. they go in your kitchen. Mm. Um, he puts that on the floor. He brings it with him. It's just underneath his army tray, and he stands on that all game because um, it just really reduces knee stress and that kind of stuff. I think that's a really great idea and a good really way to make sure that you're not insoles. hurting. Yeah, yeah gel insoles oh. are great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you think, like I said, we are going to the Tacoma Open? Is there yeah. a higher level of expectation for our experience at an official Games Workshop event than we might have at another major or super major? Like what? Like a higher level of professionalism? Higher no, level do, of do, do you have a higher expectation of the event in general and kind of its presentation? Um, oh. All of that other stuff because it's official. No. Definitely no. not. I, I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't have any preconceived notions about that. Uh, I haven't been to a GW qualifier, so I'm yeah. just kind of really trying to temper my expectations. Not that mm-hmm. not that they won't throw a great event or anything like that, but I feel like a lot of times if I try really hard to go in with no expectations, like I'm usually have a much better time. Yeah, much like you do every Monday night here in the front of the game <laughs> network. I've been practicing a lot, John. Heck yeah, uh, we're gonna round out here. This is uh, prior to LVO. It's been in the deck for a while, but I wanted to throw this one in um, just because I feel it's important based on what we're talking about here. Um, This comment here from uh, David Adelman, he said, I just realized I forgot to send in two units for LVO champs or conversion confirmation. Uh, What recourse do I have at this juncture, both infantry on the correct size bases? Corey Wiggins with the top comment, enjoy your tournament. No one cares. Uh, Danny, (laughs) is this accurate? Um, well, now that you've outed yourself, um, you should probably talk to somebody, I feel like, because they may just visit your table, because believe me, the judges look at that stuff, too. Mm. Um, but uh, I will say, in the past, I've had plenty of times where I have not gotten conversions approved by people before the event, and it's been fine. So, yeah. What are the best proxies you've seen on a table? Or the best like conversion you've seen at a tournament? Best. The yeah, best the best army here. I've seen in a while, even though it was painted like garbage, was this guy drilled out all of his Chaos Warriors for fantasy. And he had used clear resin to make or maybe even like uh hot glue or something like that to make like a skull face and like cast it in kind of a yellow or orange resin. Maybe it was even clear. And then he stuck mm-hmm. an LED like kind of in their neck so that they had gl- all of them had like glowing like Ghost Rider skull faces. And Jeez. the whole army had that stuff. And there was like flames of lights all over his big models. It was wow. really amazing. Nice. Dickie, what about you? We're going to end on a positive note. Uh, <laughs> uh, best. Pro- uh, you know what? Uh, I had the best one. A guy brought out the old like second edition. Remember when they had the cardboard cutouts for like the yeah. trucks and stuff, or the the yeah. dreadnoughts? The the orc dre- the, the yeah. dreadnought. Right? He brought that yeah. out, and like I was so like I was like, yeah, man, I'll play that. That's like that's awesome to play against that thing. <laughs> so yeah, that's probably the best one. Did Just he play, advance it up? To- pretty cool. Did he advance it up the table sideways to your tanks? So perfect. Be like hey. You can't see him. Can't see no, him. No he, line he played with honor and integrity. It was full picture all the way. Yeah. Nice. Oh, 
that, that, that's not as fun. Uh, well, let's wrap this up, guys. Danny, uh, what do you want to touch on before we get out of here? Um, man, I'm excited about doing GW Open um, in Tacoma. I'm what are super you taking? stoked about that. What's that? What, are you gonna what take? am I taking? Uh, I think I'm going to play Eldar. I'm super happy about that. I haven't brought, I haven't bust out the Elfway in quite some time, and so I'm pretty excited that I'm gonna. I think I'm going to run something something around Craft Worlds. That's definitely. I heard you uh, kick ass ass with Eldar as well. Oh man. Well, you know it's not hard, but uh, <laughs> I. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I uh, I forgot a bunch of rules too, so like I could have kicked his ass even harder. Um, yeah. So. But you know, hey, that's how it goes. It was a it was a refresher game, but a yeah. super fun game. Seth is one of the best opponents you can play. Yeah, and he stopped listening after he super he read his super chat, so yeah, we can say sense. that freely without it. He went to bed, man. Yeah, for sure. So He's got to wake uh, up and kill like eighty birds. <laughs> that's true. It's true. It's going to masticate them so oh, hard. Man. <laughs> Uh, well, guys, uh, that's all the time we have for today's episode of Grim After Dark. Uh, thank you for joining us. Thank you for all the super chats. Who knew just asking you to give us money worked? Um, <laughs> we hope you enjoyed our discussions, our insight, and all things Warhammer. And we look forward to talking to you guys next week. Uh, remember to follow us on all social medias. You can pretty much find us anywhere at 40K Grim. Uh, for updates, uh, join in the conversation live every Monday night at 10 p.m. ish Eastern Time. Um, don't forget to hit subscribe, leave a review again, just say it's just okay, but five stars. Yeah. Uh, until next time, stay safe, stay warhammered, and ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Steve Joel.
Civil man. 